Hey, welcome to Just Godly Things. You know this. This is the podcast where we share real God stories in a non-religious way. Wherever you're at in your God journey, you're super welcome to be here. I'm your host, Katherine Gustak. Bam. Yo, so excited for this episode today. It's going to be nuts. Um, if you've been following this podcast from day one, hey, that's so cool. I am just so grateful that you're here right now. Then you will know that we took a long time off. Yeah, Just Godly Things started during COVID-19 when I wasn't working a job. I was just at home like everyone else in the world. And that's where the idea came from. God started knocking on my heart, telling me about this stuff. So I just went and pursued it. But the last few months, I was doing some online schooling with actually my brother, today's guest, Ivan. Woo, shout out. Can't wait to see what the Lord's going to do in the future after we just did the school together. And then I also got a job, which was incredible. Oh my goodness. Also, I took a couple months off social media when I first got saved back in 2015, but I haven't really done that since then. And so the last couple months, I just kind of took a break from social media and I feel really refreshed and excited. And yeah, I got to listen back to all the old Just Godly Things episodes. There was only a couple cringy moments. <laughs> Praise God. Holy... Man, really excited that you're here today. If you're here in real time, welcome. And uh, if you're here in the future, welcome. So today we're gonna hop into our episode with Ivan, my brother. Dude, we're gonna get right to it because this one's gonna be wild. So hey, come on in here, relax. This one's actually, man, it slows down. This is like very relational and yeah, it's uh, it's a, a lovely episode. So let's just hop right into it. Hey Ivan, how's it going? Going great. Just down in my last little bit of coffee here. Amazing. Does it have cream in it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't? No, it's black. Oh, praise God. Is that because you like black coffee or because you thought about this yes. podcast episode and you're like, oh, I can't have milk products. Remember last time? Oh, you yeah, were having no, milk. totally forgot about that. I just love black coffee in the morning. Oh, hey, well, I'm so excited for this episode today. I think this Me is actually too. the one I've been the most nervous for, honestly. Aye, oh, really? Aye. Oh, well, I don't mean it aye, 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 in a bad way. I think it's just like, wow, this one's a great personal one, and it's amazing. I'm excited. Other times, I just have people on the episode, and it's like, yep, share your story right on. But this one, it's just going to be amazing, I know, at the end of the day. So I think the other reason I'm excited for it, too, is because you and I have never really processed verbally about, like, what we've been through together over the years. So on a personal note, I'm just really excited for what's going to come. Yeah, the goal of this episode, if you're listening to it, is for Ivan and I to share our stories, how we grew up together, but how Ivan was the one who walked me back to the Lord. Yeah, over the years, he was just the one who was Jesus, basically. At the end of the day, man, you just... <laughs> well, so sweet, Ivy. So, yeah, I mean, in a very practical way where I just needed hope and I needed someone to believe in me, and that was you over the years. And so I'm really excited for us to share that together. And there's gonna be lots of teaching moments today. So we're gonna talk about a lot of different things, which I'm really excited for. So are you stoked or what? I'm pumped. Let's go. Okay, how about we start it off? I'll kind of facilitate the word actually, flow facilitate <laughs> is what we've decided. <laughs> so we'll go from there and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So how about we just start off? talking about growing up. So once again, you're older than me, hey? I am. Two years. That's great. So you had shared in your episode that naturally you just took on more of like a leadership role, right? For me as a younger sister, obviously just looked up so much to Ivan and our other brothers as well. So we just played a lot of video games growing up. But like we said, came from a Christian home also too. So what was like our Christian home life like? You know, saying you come from a Christian home can mean so many different things these days, right? Yeah, I think it was... In my brain, I kind of put like our upbringing in two chapters. The first chapter being like before we moved to Lloyd and then after we moved to Lloyd. So before we moved to Lloyd, it was all six of us together, mom and dad, which was really great. I remember, if you remember in Karenport, like walking to church. Do you remember that on Sunday mornings? 
Yeah, I wore the same little dress, this like black and pink dress. No, maybe it was navy blue. So I remember, yeah, briefly. And then we'd always yeah, yeah. go for Chinese food. <laughs> we would. We'd always go for Chinese food after, which was a lot of fun. Those were, yeah, I remember even then going to church, Sunday school, that type of stuff. I always remember mom worshiping on the piano. That's definitely like something all throughout upbringing mom would always do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And then, yeah, obviously I think like, you're just kind of taught to be good, right? Like, I think in the midst of that school and everything, it wasn't really like getting in trouble. We went to a Christian school till for me it was grade three, for you it was grade one. Yeah. And um, yeah, you just kind of you're just a kid. It feels like at that time. And then when we moved, that for me was a big shift because then the four older siblings were out of the home after a year. Right. And that's where I think it shifted. Where it just kind of felt like, oh, okay, there's certain dynamics here where they're not, they're not around as much. So then it's like the four of us, and we get to see them every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Which I think, yeah, was... I think I wish we got to spend more time in those years kind of growing up with them more, for sure. But I think overall, like, the environment was very much... Yeah, like, God was real. He's evident. Yeah, Mom would always say specifically... I don't know if she told you this, but that... She's like, oh, Ivan, like, you and Kat, you're always like... God told me to have two more kids, and you're the ones, and so your guys are precious, and et cetera, et cetera. So there was kind of always that sense of, oh, okay, like my life has deeper meaning yeah. here. Yeah, so. that's amazing. That's so cool. I don't know if I remember mom saying that to me per se, but I do remember every night before we go to bed, she'd be like, blessings of the Lord be upon you. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so good. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Um, when we moved to Lloydminster though, so we, I would have been going into grade two, you'd have been going into grade four. Uh, we went to a public school then, and then we never really regularly went to church after that. So, yeah, like we kind of dabbled here and there over the years in different churches. I think that's um, we're where consistently our... going to one yeah. for a bit, but yeah, I and not to say that mom or dad ever lost the faith at all, but we just no. weren't regularly attending church, you know. Yeah, there just wasn't that connection. I know eventually got in, got connected to like FBC with camp, and that was really great. I know through friendships and stuff that was really cool through middle school and high school youth group. But even then, it was hard just because of soccer too. Like we were traveling quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where it was really important. Like, I know Roman played a big role in, in those years for me, too, where he would often call or encourage me. We'd talk about the Bible, different wow. things like that. So good. Which was really, yeah, that was really awesome. And yeah, I think Roman there's just being some. Oldest brother. Yeah, yeah, Roman's our oldest brother. So, yeah. and then just certain things where, like, we would go to Winnipeg or we'd go to Kansas City. Those are some really monumental times of, like, encountering God for me especially Kansas City. Do you remember when we went the first time? Yeah, I think we were much like older 2005, by then. 2005, 2006. Yeah, I got baptized once when I just wasn't even walking with the Lord. <laughs> well, that was later. That was that one thing, right? Good times. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just in the spur of the moment. But I'm getting that. baptized too. I, <laughs> I remember, was it 2005, 2006, that first time we went. And uh, that's that was a really significant time for me, like God touching my heart. And really feeling like, whoa, okay, there's more to this Christian walk than just Sunday and Friday nights. Yeah, amazing. That's really I think a cool. big piece was dad modeled very, what I love about dad is he modeled a lot of gentleness and a lot of kindness. Like some of my fondest memories of him was like, if we're going to go do something Saturday morning. He'd often wake me up by just like gently like touching my forehead or like rubbing my head. And I remember just kind of, you just kind of like wake up really peacefully and he's there like smiling he's like come on let's go or stuff like that and then mom worshiping that was like 
there's like some really strong memories there etched in of mom just like mm. going hard on the piano yeah, giving her heart amazing. to Jesus yeah so good yeah I mean for me like going back to when we were younger back in Karenport um, I remember mom always praying in tongues we're just like driving on the road we'd have a 15 minute drive and she'd always be praying in tongues man like <laughs> always the same thing over and over again Rabba Sanda Kukaramba man that was it right there <laughs> with that being said though Ivan let's go to our first teaching point Alrighty. Yeah, okay, so let's talk about speaking in tongues then. So when we were younger, maybe, oh man, you don't know. You think we're like teenagers at this point, hey? I think I was in like grade three, dude. It, this was, I'm pretty sure we had the futon still in that bedroom. And we had we were playing computer upstairs in that bedroom. Which, we were. why is the computer ever in that room? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the computer was up there. Um, and one day our mom comes up to us while we're just playing video games. She's like, Hey, Ivan and Catherine, like you haven't been filled with the Holy spirit yet. And she's like, we need to get you guys speaking in tongues. <laughs> and so, yeah. What did she do? I think it was some hotline that we called, not just like some random hotline, but it was a minister that she was following that they're like, Hey, if you want to receive the gift of tongues, call this, we'd have somebody that would pray for you. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. I, it's funny. I remember cause we had talked about it, I think earlier at that Christmas, I remember talking to Roman about it, speaking in tongues, and I was curious. I was like, okay, and he was speaking in tongues. I remember actually we were going on a walk to Tim Hortons because we'd always do that when it was, you know, get out. And I remember actually trying to do it, like trying to speak in tongues, and I couldn't. I was like, hmm, <laughs> what's going on here? So it must have been probably, yeah, it was in the spring, whatever, April or May. And, uh, and mom's like, you need to call this area. So I think I went first or you went first. I don't know how it went down. But pretty much, long story short, they just like, hey, you know, like we believe that um, God gives this gift of speaking, you know, personal prayer language, speaking in tongues to edify yourself, your spirit. And would you be open to praying a prayer? And we'd love to just trust that God would release that to you. And so sure enough, we pray the prayer is probably what, like a three minute phone call, I feel like. Oh, it was so short. It was so short. And then by the end of it, we're speaking in tongues. Totally. <laughs> it was like, yeah, we took like a five minute break from our video game. Mom was like, okay, time to start speaking in tongues. She like calls the hotline. We speak in tongues and then we go back to our video game. <laughs> okay. Which is like, yeah, so funny. So with that being said though, like, yeah, what is the gift of tongues, Ivan? Because it's interesting, Justin Menzies on the last episode, if you've listened to it, Jesus with Justin Menzies, mm -hmm. he shares about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes when people are filled with the Holy Spirit, they speak in other tongues. So yeah, can you touch a little bit about on personal prayer language and the gift of tongues and what that looks like? Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, first off, I think every person listening to this, we all need to go on our personal journey of what does the Bible say, right? Like mm -hmm. I love the Bible. We're gonna go, always go back to the Bible. Um, as I've studied it and looked into it, you know, a big section is like 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. And for my personal belief, I believe there's like a corporate gift of tongues where someone stands up in like a corporate meeting, they start speaking in another language that could be totally not understandable in like a heavenly language, or it could be just a foreign language, but there needs to be interpretation on it. Mm. So someone else would then be given the interpretation of that. I've been in one meeting where that happened that was... So I haven't experienced a ton of that. I also believe there's a personal prayer language that Paul talks about him speaking in tongues more than anyone else and how it builds up yourself. Jude talks about praying in the Holy Spirit and edifying your faith. Right. So God gives us this prayer language where it's our spirit praying and connecting to God's spirit. And though we don't understand the words, there's a very real edification that's happening in our inner being, in our inner man. 
And this is something that obviously you and I both participate in now. There's a, a t- I believe there's wisdom on how to go about it, right? And, and the application of it. But the gift of tongues is incredible because it's you at a heart and a spirit level connecting with the Holy Spirit, connecting with God. Yeah. And I've found that when I've spent extended time of just praying in tongues, praying in the spirit, that there's a shift in my inner inner man, so to speak, whether that I feel an, an emotional shift, a mental shift towards a situation, different things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, yeah, unfortunately, there's kind of this this view of tongues being like, it is mysterious for sure. Like there's that element. Yeah. But I think it's, there's this, oh, it's only for special people. Or it's only for certain elite people. That's why I love our testimony because there have been a number of times I've prayed for people to receive the gift of tongues and I'll just tell them, hey guys, like <laughs> it's not some like crazy, super intense spiritual moment. Right. It's simply the faith that God wants to release it to you and yeah. people are on their journey, right? And I know there have been people who have been trusting and believing for it for years and there's some people who just get it, like our story a little bit. At the end of the day, God uses these situations or circumstances to draw him close to himself and really trust that he's a good father. Yeah. So, yeah, just a brief teaching, not even teaching, just kind of, hey, where we stand on it. And, man, I think it's been a real key marker for my, yeah, upbuilding in my yeah. faith and yeah. in being Absolutely. able to, yeah, it's like you, you don't know what to pray, so you start praying in the Spirit, and totally. God will begin to speak to you through that. You get impressions, you get mm-hmm. thoughts, you mm-hmm. get, oh, man, this is this way. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit is... He's with us wherever we go. So we can encounter God wherever we go. And we get to commune with him even when we don't know what to say. And yeah. we don't know what words to say or what to do. So, yeah, so good. Yeah, I would. It, it's, and obviously, mom passed that down. Dad passed that down to us. It's incredible. I'm so grateful. That actually, I think from that moment and a couple of months later, where I began to really ask God, like, what does it mean to be born again? Whoa. And started this whole journey of. Okay, what does that mean? How do we, what does the Bible mean by that? So That's so cool. <laughs> wow, there's like real, you know, like as you reflect on yours story and I hear yours, there's like real faithfulness of the Lord and how you were genuinely pursuing him in like your childhood, you know? And when I think about that, I was like, yeah, I got the gift of tongues. Cool. Went on being a kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't, I don't ever remember being like, wow, God, cool. And like taking it to the Lord or personalizing it or seeing the Lord in that, but I'm so grateful for it also. I think even today to this day, over all the years actually growing up, I could always speak in tongues. Even when I wasn't walking with the Lord, I'd be like, ooh, can I still speak in tongues? And (laughs) it was still there. (laughs) And uh, yeah, today, like you were saying, I love speaking in tongues, man. When I want to engage with the Lord, but I feel like lazy or weak, I just give her in tongues. And like you said, it builds you up. It's that direct connection with the Lord. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament of the Bible, he says, man, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than all of you. And so in his personal walk with the Lord. He's just given her in tongues. And I can even think of a situation this week where I was praying in tongues and the Lord gave me a Bible verse. And I was like, oh yeah, amazing. Like through that, right? Went to the Bible, started connecting with the Lord through that. So praise God. Yeah. Once again, I think it's amazing to demystify tongues because it's not wacky tacky. It's part of the Christian experience, right? And if that's you, I heard also recently that it's like, man, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you can speak in tongues. You just got to have the faith for it. So it's never mind the gift of tongues. We're talking about the personal prayer language. Say, God, give me the faith to speak in tongues, man, that I would just open my mouth and you'd fill it. So man, if that's you, receive it. Oh yeah. Amen. Um, with that being said- You hear said, some wild stories too about that. Like, oh, for sure. Um, 
where people are like, they're in a place and they're ministering and they're praying personally in tongues. And then as they're praying, literally the people who they can't speak the language are like hearing their language. Oh, give it to me, Lord. You know what I mean? It's like crazy. Like God, he's, he's wild and he <laughs> loves to blow our minds. Now, I think it can be over the top in how you apply it, right? Yeah. Like for me, I stand on the, if I'm going to pray, say I'm ministering to someone and we're praying together. The only reason I'd be praying in tongues, I'd do it quietly, is for me to be edified in that moment, to be connected with what God wants to do for that person. I don't believe me by praying in tongues for someone, quote unquote, is like for them. It's for me. It's the personal upbringing, up, mm. upbuilding. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. So I think that's where, I think the application of tongues, that's where people are kind of like, especially in a little bit more of like the charismatic circles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That where it can just get a little fuzzy yeah, with things. Totally. So. I mean, the cool thing about it too, like you're saying, right, this is all so personal. So like, Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you're going to be like, wow, I need to read the Bible. I need to do my research. I need to see, you know, line it up with scripture and see what the Lord's speaking to me about and what I believe about it, which is so cool. Um, Ivan, yeah, interesting. <laughs> I think it'd be cool to transition to this. I, when I was listening back to your episode on new life, the thing that struck me the most is that when you were young and first navigating through pornography and like, you know, moments of shame and guilt and whatever, like that you turned to mom, like you straight up told mom about that stuff. And I was like, Whoo, like... Dude, I never told mom anything, man. I'd like all my life for a good chunk of my life was there was just like a lot of stuff lived in darkness, you know? So I think it's just cool to see your friendship with mom that even though you were navigating through different things that you went to her initially when you were like doing that, you know? Yeah, it was the kind of the first time I was exposed to it. I felt just so guilty, gross, slimed. And I just, I remember crying and like coming to mom and like telling her. Wow. Um... But then there was a couple of years there where I definitely kept it a secret, you know, the two-face, everything. For and sure. then, yeah, yeah, it must have been a number of years later where I ended up telling her more. And just, yeah, that was a step of obedience where I felt like for mom to pray, pray for me and stuff, which was really cool. But yeah, I mean, trust, right, in our relationships and who we can go to and how, yeah, because that stuff like you... You really got to trust that who you're going to share with is going to not just shame you or judge you. And I knew mom, mom wouldn't do that with me. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it's And I mean, it's a journey, right, for all of us. Everybody has their own areas of struggle and of weakness. And the beauty of it is, is that there's, there's victory in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that comes through vulnerability, openness, repentance, right, turning, confessing it before God, turning away from it and pursuing him. Mm-hmm. And I often find that he brings us into a community to do that with so that we can mutually encourage each other. Yeah, so good. Yeah. That's amazing. Love that. That's great. Um, right on. Cool. So uh, the teenage years, I think it's interesting because you and I did everything together, man. Whether it was on the same soccer team, you were on the guys' team, I was on the girls' team, we were traveling a couple <laughs> right. hours for practices, all that. We're going to youth group together. So at this point, I wasn't really going to church on Sundays per se, but you were more, hey? You were like more involved in church, the Baptist yeah, church definitely. there. Yeah, Yeah, and yeah, I, I think just being connected more there. Yeah, and I was more so like youth group girl came around, um, but we did soccer together, we did youth group, we hung out with all the same Christian friends. I just befriended your friends, you know, who are a couple years older than me. And kind of since we're in the youth group, we all just hung out together, right? So I was just we did, yeah. this annoying younger sister. I love video games, well, though. I remember I got introduced <laughs> to StarCraft in, like, grade three, dude, and we played <laughs> cat and mouse, um, like, so many... <laughs> 
so fun. No, that was Worm Wars, yo, Warcraft. Welcome know, to know, Worm Wars. Different. Um, yeah, good times. Anyway, so so like we played so many video games, and I just vividly remember most of the teenage years, I would go and hang out with your guy friends. We would play Call of Duty till the cows came home, dude. Like, whoo, we would play all the time on Friday we nights. We'd go, we would have slumber parties and just play Call of Duty, and that was everything. We'd land. Um, yeah, we'd have lands. That was so fun. Cool. So I've been like, if people haven't seen the video yet, we made an amazing <laughs> Call of Duty video, quickscope competition to see who the better sibling is. <clears throat> you may have walked me back to the Lord, but I am a better Call of Duty player than you, which you has are. so there much eternal importance. It. Am I right? <laughs> so much. <laughs> oh, funny. Uh, can you just share like a, just briefly a little bit on video games then? Because, you know, people could be like, oh, that's bad. You shouldn't do it, whatever. But can you just give a brief little tidbit yeah i think it's like uh obviously we did it for fun you know as a little uh commemoration mm -hmm. if i said that word rightly for our episode here which is fun and uh yeah i think it's something that we're at both of our a stage in our lives where it's though it was an idol and an issue in the past god has clearly taken us to a place of surrender yeah and trusting him with it and uh yeah so i, I think part of that too is it's it's always good we're on this journey of god wants our hearts right and he's going to fully go after our hearts. And, and so that's where, as we go after him and pursue him, there's things that you no longer desire in the way that you did. Your hunger changes towards different things. Yeah. And I know for both of us, we're at a place where it's like, man, that isn't an issue for us. Yeah. It's fun. It's kind of a hobby, a way to connect or different things like that, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure somewhere out there, there's probably video game ministries, legitimately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because of just the opportunity to reach people, I think especially guys. Mm -hmm. So would I love to go to a video game weekend tournament and be there and also meet people and share the gospel? Heck yeah, that'd be a blast. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I think part of it too is that's something you just have to navigate. I would have to navigate with God be like, God, is this something you want me to do? Is it not? Yada, yada, yada. So I think it's just an area where God, again, he needs to be first. He needs to be priority. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and there needs to be accountability with it. So yeah, in our sure. case, it was just it was just fun. You know, I think it's uh, <laughs> ridiculous uh, at the same time as well. So but um, <laughs> I, my heart's desire is that it would hopefully make people laugh. There'd be a joy to it. There'd be yeah, and a little snapshot into our friendship. Yeah, that's so, great. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it's amazing. I know. Like for me, I'm so cutthroat, dude. Like these last five years. I haven't really had an Xbox or anything like that. And I'm like, okay, like you said, your hunger changes. Dude, honestly, I think I've finished one TV show series, one season in the last five years. Like, I just don't desire to watch TV or do any of that stuff anymore. And it's like, not that, you know, it's just like, praise God. Thank you, Lord, that I just have other things that I love doing now, you know? Mm -hmm. And same with the Xbox. I think it's more, I'm so cutthroat where it's like, okay, no Xbox, that's great. But then during COVID, I was like, oh, I think I want an Xbox. And so that's actually been interesting for me to navigate in where it's like, okay, I have this Xbox now. So when am I going to play it? God, what are you teaching me in this season, you know, about what I can do, what I can't do and there's been times where I had to repent because I just put the Xbox first before other things and totally. that's great you know tell a friend get some accountability right. and then onward and forward right but I think yeah compared to back in the day when we were teens like it's like it's completely different oh, and yeah. praise God but it's been so cool these last couple months just like yeah doing that so I'm grateful for it and I agree with you totally yeah, fun there's a lot of fun I think so, that could be like anything you know what I mean like that's why it's always about your heart where anything yeah. can become that area of you go to it before you go to God. Yeah. 
Yeah, could be could be entertainment. That's kind of what we're yeah. talking about here. Yeah. Um, could be people. Could yeah. be even ministry where you get so it could be work, could be money, oh, whatever yeah. it might be. Totally. That's why it's always this journey of God may ask us to step into something even though we feel like we're not ready, but he's so committed to us in that journey that he's going to continue to correct, convict our hearts and yeah, I love that what you're saying. It's like totally this heart of repentance of God yeah, I'm sorry I didn't pursue you in this way, but I'm re-signing up to say yes yeah. to you wholeheartedly. And mm-hmm. has that happened from, with me? Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like whether video games, even just self, like I think that yeah. is at the end of the day, the root of it is do I desire what God desires or do I, am I first fixed on what I desire? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, just as we're all on this journey together, it is something where God's after our heart. Obviously, we're most fulfilled in him. And he yeah. releases these different things in our life um, to draw us closer to him. Yeah, so good. So how about we get into when kind of I like deliberately started walking away from the Lord. So by this time, I'd really gotten hurt um, by the church in Lloydminster. And I just started drinking like crazy. I took a year off. You would have been at this time like with YWAM now? Yeah, how old? Yeah. I would have been 18. Yeah, I would have been. So you were 20. Yeah, I spent, spent some time at... That would have been when I first went to Wyoming. Yeah, okay. And so, yeah, I obviously at one point was going to youth group, doing these things, but then I just completely walked away from everything, got a brand new friend group, said goodbye to everyone, started smoking, drinking, all that stuff, and so was just had a change of, of heart completely. And uh, just question for you, Ivan, at what point did you realize that I was like totally walking away from the Lord? And what was going on in your own life that made you want to start like praying for me, you know? Yeah, I don't know if there's like a specific moment or day per se. I think it was probably after after you graduated. Mm. The thing is, is it doesn't take discernment for people to see that you're jacked up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, I really think you're struggling. Yeah, no duh. Like, <laughs> come on. Look at a person, how they're communicating with their body posture, their face, what they're pursuing. I think I just saw all those things. And I was just like, oh man, Kat looks like really sad. I think is probably at the core. Yeah. Um, she looks really lonely and looking and kind of like this feeling of like grasping at different things. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't take discernment to see people when they're in that discernment is seeing who that, who God calls them to be in the midst of that. Right. Right. And, uh, so I think then just, yeah, I think especially when I went to uh, international house of prayer, you have those six months of, personal spiritual awakening Mm -hmm. and you begin to see how far those closest to you are from the truth from what it really means to follow jesus and love him and obviously we're all personally on our own journeys right that's not a judgment statement that's just a as you become more awake you're like oh okay yeah and it actually should grip your heart in a way where you want to pray you want to reach out to them yeah and I think that's probably when things really began to shift was after my time at IHOP. Because, yeah, when you encounter the truth, you know who Jesus is and you see how far others are. You just want that for them, right? You want them. You see, and he can do it. And he's done it in my life, and I believe he can do it in others' lives. So, shoot, let's let's do this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's probably the time. What was your second question? What? Yeah, what I just said, like, what something? was the initial thing that made you recognize I was hurting and what caused you to want to pray for me, which you just kind of hit both those, I think. Yeah, I think you just, one, yeah, family, but then two, when you 
it all comes down to seeing people through God's perspective. And that takes time mm-hmm. to slow down, to pray, and to see how does he feel about them in this season, in this situation. Um, and that's really hard to do because especially in the natural, there's so much going on, right? Like for yeah. you, you were engaging in all these different things, drinking, smoking, you know, pursuing relationship with girls, different things like that. And yeah. so I, I, if, unless, unless I had God's perspective on what he was doing or what he desired to do or his heart towards you, yeah, and it's so easy just to write you off. You know, not easy in the sense because you're family, but just to kind of be like, not go there of like, okay, that's just where Kat's at. This is what she's doing. She's going to do her life. Versus God saying, no, I want to encounter her. Right. I want to redeem her. This isn't who she is. I'm, I am ministering to her. And that's the faith piece where you got to trust as you pray that, okay, though I don't see any external f- changes going on or fruit, I have to continue to trust and pray and right. believe right. that, God, you're working in their life. And that was a journey. I had a number of, I don't know if I told you the dream I had when I first went to YWAM. You're something about a mask mm. and how you had this mask on and how God wanted to remove that mask. And I think that too, where you just, there was you in the general sense, not you as you, Kat, but us as people, we do, <laughs> you know, that phrase from the mask. We all wear we masks. We all wear masks. <laughs> Metaphorically <laughs> speaking. speaking. <laughs> And so it's true, though, right? Like for all of us, that's why I love Just Godly Things because it's authentic. Mm -hmm. Everybody's putting their their good foot forward, social media, et cetera, et cetera. And so the Lord would, as I would pray for you, he would give me dreams or things about you that would encourage me that he's doing things in your life, though I didn't see it. So good. So That's amazing. Praise God. There was, when when you get God's heart for someone through praying and simply just being like, God, how do you see this person? And hearing Mm -hmm. what he says, feeling his heart for them, his emotions for them, you begin to see differently and you are actually able to love them as God would want you to love them in those seasons. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And that's a daily thing, (laughs) by the way. It's not just like a little download we get. I think also too, it's like God's so kind because you probably knew me at times better than mom and dad did, mm. you know, and in everyone from in my life and the whole world, other than the Lord who knows me perfectly, you know, it would have been you, Ivan. Mm. And so it's like growing up, like we said, we were actually so close. Yes, we would fight here and there, but like, I remember, I don't know how long that was, but we slept in the same bed together. Like our family had a large house, guys, and we had so many rooms. <laughs> yet I remember you and I having sleepovers together all the time and just drawing little circles on each other's bag or like, ooh, what's this <laughs> yeah, letter? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, You know, and I remember... Even this is like the craziest comment I remember hearing when I was in high school. Someone was like, yo, are Ivan and Kat, like, are they into each other? Because they're like such good friends. And I was like, what the heck is your problem? I was like, this dude's literally just my best friend. Like, have you not seen that before, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I really believe growing up that there was just such a special bond between us. And like, we would often, mom wanted twins. She always said like, I wish I had twins. Not like in a way to curse us at all, but she's like, oh, I really wanted twins, you know? But meanwhile, you and I would wear the same outfits you know, we'd be matching, doing all these things together. And so I think also too, it just happened so naturally in a sense where it's like, okay, God encountered you. And then he's like, okay, Ivan, now it's time for you to be the big older brother that you need to be to your sister who's hurting, you know? And so I think the Lord totally, it's just so cool that he's so kind and amazing with that. Um, That's sweet that you talked about dreams because that's another thing we actually want to hit on here. Um, Maybe let's go into this 
wacky tacky drug weekend that I had and then you can share about some dream stuff and so how does that sound sure <laughs> it's interesting when Ivan's talking about you know praying for me all that stuff meanwhile I'm just getting in deeper darkness here and drinking more smoking more doing more drugs getting into harder drugs and that one weekend I was dealing drugs actually and so I was going back to the town it was Easter weekend I had a lot like hundreds of dollars of drugs on me <laughs> am I allowed to announce that on the internet don't do drugs. Don't be a drug mule, man. Just oi, oi, oi. Okay, so I was doing that. But leading up to that week, actually, our oldest brother, Roman, had a dream about me. And so do you want to share a little bit about that dream and what came from it? Yeah, I kind of remember it. I don't, like, fully. I just remember it was, like, I remember Roman having this dream where, I think it was the family, right? And we're all kind of mm -hmm. going out of this tunnel, this dark tunnel, which the darkness represents bad and, like, evil. But then you were kind of going back into it. Is that right? Yeah. And then I don't remember how the dream ends, if it was just more of that or, I, yeah. So if you remember more of it too, feel free to hop in. Yeah, no, that's kind of just what I get the gist of it. I was just messaging Roman this morning um, and I was like, hey bro, can we share about this? He's like, yeah, absolutely. And, and then Laura, his wife just reiterated, was like, yeah, that's exactly it. The family was running out of a dark tunnel, I, except I was heading back into it. And so it wasn't anything super long or whatever, but it was just like, whoa, kind of a, a warning dream you could say, right? If I'm like running into the darkness. And so from there, you guys actually started praying and fasting, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was a little bit before the weekend. I forget exactly how, f how much the time was before that dream, praying, fasting, and then actually Easter weekend. Let's talk a little bit about uh, dreams first. Okay. So you can get dreams from God, huh? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, dreams are obviously super biblical. We see that all throughout Old and New Testament. So whether it's, yeah, dreams on bigger, broad things, but even in Jesus's life, like Joseph, Jesus' dad had very clear dreams of to leave Israel a certain time and then to come back. So it's kind of, it goes into a broader issue of God speaking to us and how do we hear God's voice. Right. So yeah, God can definitely speak to us through dreams. Now, does that mean every dream is from God? Obviously not. Right? Right. There's kind of a joke like, oh, this is, I had a dream last night. I think it's God, but it could be pizza, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like anything else, whether it's prophetic word, what you hear personally, a dream, even a vision or different things, it all needs to be tested in the sense of, does that align with what the Bible says? And does that align yeah. with who God is? And often that yeah. testing comes through also community of sharing about it. Because Jesus has a certain way of speaking, right? He has, he's not a robot. He's not just a magic eight ball that gives us answers. He's a human being. And mm. it's going to sound like him talking. You know what I mean? It's yeah. going to, when you have a familiarity of knowing, oh, does that sound like if Kat were to say something and I hear it secondhand from someone else, I was like, if I know Kat and it's something very rude or um, sharp or something very demeaning to a person, I'm like, that doesn't sound like Kat. Yeah, cool. So, you know what I mean? So when God speaks to us, it should sound like him and who he is and his character and nature. Right. You know what I mean? So when I have a dream, it's like, does this one line up with the word of God? Mm -hmm. Two, does it align with the character and nature of God shown in the word of God? And then as well, hey, I'm going to share this with some close friends to see if what they sense as they pray into it and ask God for clarity. So we all see in part and hear in part, right? We're all growing and learning in this. Mm -hmm. But even, yeah, I had a dream for you, Kat. I'm, a few months after this whole weekend went down, I remember praying for you, pacing in my room, and God just said, I'm going to change the tra trajectory of Kat's life. Uh. Pray for a dream. Yeah. 
And that was that dream about the rats or something. Yeah. I forget exactly yeah. what it yeah, was. Yeah, that's so wacky. Yeah, that was like four months after. And yeah. I literally had a dream. And in this dream, it was like related to my sexuality. And there was rats and it was dark and it seemed great. But then it just was so off. And I knew that this was something from God. And I remember messaging you the next day. I was like, Ivan, I had a dream. What do I do about it? Like, it seems symbolic. Can I Google these things? And, yeah, I remember that conversation. And you were like, yeah, I mean, like, if that's where you're at in your life, like, you know, like, you weren't like, it needs to be off biblical, whatever. You just trusted the Holy Spirit in my life. So I used some random Googling platform <laughs> and like this random <laughs> spiritual website. And it like totally like was the Lord through it. And I was just like, shoot, like something like the sexuality thing is for real you know and god wants to work on it in my heart and like i didn't surrender it to him in that moment but that again was one of those critical moments where it was like okay i'm eventually gonna give this to god and that's gonna happen you know yeah praise god yeah dreams are amazing that's so cool i'm so grateful for that also what about fasting though you guys had started fasting um like mm -hmm. one meal you and a couple others in the family during that time a day where you didn't eat and mm -hmm. then can you just give a little brief teaching point on fasting? Yeah, I mean, fasting is pretty much not engaging in something to engage with God in a deeper way, right? So you could do a food fast where you don't eat, you could do a social media fast, but yeah, essentially fasting is putting aside legitimate things to position ourselves to encounter God in a deeper way. The tricky part is you don't want to get performance oriented where you're trying to earn God's attention or you earn right. God's favor or earn God's love. Those are things that he's already given us in Jesus. And I'm not fasting to move God. I'm fasting to position my heart so that God can move me. Mm -hmm. And uh, so if I, for example, we, you know, if I'm praying and fasting for a friend to know Jesus, I'm praying and fasting to let God remove obstacles in my heart, areas of unbelief, areas of preconceived notions I have, mindsets that I have, so that I can pray his will, but also live and reflect who he wants me to be to that person. Yeah, cool. And you can be praying for a shift in their life too, right? Oh, yeah, of course. It's all, yeah, it's intercession. Yeah. It's praying yeah. for them. But the reason for fasting is we don't move God. God moves us, right? Right. Totally. And you see that there's yeah, different so examples good. of fasting in the Bible, anywhere from a 21-day kind of like veggies and nuts, what they call Daniel fast from the book of Daniel, or the intensity of like an Esther fast where she didn't eat or drink for three days. So there's different applications of fasting. There's personal fasting to enjoy and know God, to set aside certain things. There's fasting for intercession, a breakthrough for an individual. Mm -hmm. Also fasting and prayer for other people on a massive level, like a nation or a community, cities, yeah. different things. So yeah, those are just some really basics of how to engage with fasting. But essentially yeah. it's a desperation in your heart to see a shift either personally in someone else or an area, a city, a nation, and you want to agree with what God's doing. Yeah. And pretty much just putting like an exclamation mark above your life in God saying, God, I'm here. I'm serious. Yeah. I want to know you and encounter you. Yeah. So good. That's great. Um, one thing the Bible says that it says when you fast and not if you fast. So fasting mm -hmm. is uh, it's part of the whole meal deal or not meal deal. Not meal deal. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Okay, great. So how was that weekend then? Uh, we <laughs> were you there when we were at Ricky's? It was me, you, mom, and dad at Ricky's that Friday morning. So Thursday night, I did a butt ton of drugs. Friday morning, we go to Good Friday service, and then we go to Ricky's after. And then, I do remember that. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, uh, and then that night, I went out again with my friends to do more drugs, and then that's when everything hit the fan. Gotcha. Yeah, so that Friday night, that was the Friday I remember being really tired. 
coming home be like, oh, I can't wait to go to sleep. But then it was. And you so were in Lloyd during this during this time, eh? You were working. Can you just give me your timeline again? Yeah. So I just had come back from Casey Lead and Outreach team, and was back for a few months. So you were on staff with YWAM by now. Mm-hmm. You had been doing YWAM. Oh yeah. I staffed for a year. Cool. It was my first first school that I'd been a part of, uh, Lead and Outreach team t- in Asia, uh, and then from there came back to Canada for a few months, and was planning to go back in the fall to lead another school. And, uh, and so during that time, uh, that's yes. when we, I was back, I was working. Yeah, just pretty much had a few months in Canada working as a server. Shout out to Eleni. Come on. Woo, Spiros, Spiros. Spiros. let's go. If you haven't Seriously. listened to my stoning, Eleni, hit it up, yo. We used to work for her family business side and I together. Seriously, was Spiros was awesome. I really, really yeah. loved my time there. So yeah, I just come back from working, obviously serving at night and I probably got to bed around 10. Cause I was really tired or 10.30. I remember it was like 12 or 12.30 that mom just waking up to her, like yelling my name and you had called her. She had, or she, yeah, I think I, my phone was on do not disturb or something. So I remember seeing like three or four missed calls from you. <laughs> and then that's when <laughs> I remember calling you and you were like so frantic. It was like, I went from like, it's like one of those moments where you go from like, zero to 60 where it's like you're dead asleep you wake up and you're like your heart is racing and I remember you being like to the point where I was like cat I just got to put the phone down because I got to get dressed so I can come pick you up and you're like no Ivan don't don't leave me don't leave me no 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 like it was that intense and uh yeah that was wild so obviously me and mom we hop in the car we go pick you up you're like at the edge I remember of the home kind of like huddled up and uh, we get you in, and then you, pretty much for the next six hours, you go through, like, these crazy swings of, like, really paranoid, the whole world's going to come after you, to, like, oh, my gosh, Ivan, I love you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, crazy. And they were really big at first, and then eventually they kind of, like, mellowed out a bit. But that's when we... <laughs> yeah. I remember we were praying over you, mom and dad. There's a lot going on there. They were obviously angry, not sure how to go about things. Um, we had to get you some food, get you some water. I remember reading the Bible was a huge part. Mm-hmm. We read Psalms and Proverbs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember you were just really spiritually aware at that time, where you're like, oh my gosh, there's this dark thing in the room. Or, or when you'd read the Bible, you, I remember you saying like, the light and the warmth that was coming off of it. But still, there's, like, these crazy up and downs. Yeah. Probably, like, an hour and a half in, um, that's when you, like, came out. And you're like, I'm in love and all this stuff. And so, I mean, for them, it was obviously quite shocking. For me, I just saw the signs. So yeah, it was, it was something in my heart that I already knew that you were engaging in. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, I remember just, like, giving you a hug. And all those dynamics in the home, that was quite intense so eventually you how much of this night do you remember i'm curious yeah i remember i didn't call you on the phone until that was after i called out to the lord and then had that crazy come to jesus moment where i was like i need to go home and then the drugs kicked Mm -hmm. in obviously um i remember driving home with you guys that was just wacky i'm screaming with the windows down (laughs) and then i remember i thought i came out to mom and dad pretty quickly that's what i remember was like dad was standing in the kitchen 
and I came home and just dropped it like it was hot and then we kind of all sat together for a bit and then like you said there was some just a lot of different emotions I think mom and dad were so surprised and probably really hurt at the end of the day like holy smokes here our baby daughter is doing drugs and and you know attracted to women and is identifying in this lifestyle yet she's never told us anything you know so I think they were quite reactive in that and really hurt mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and they've never dealt with this before either so it's like all of us on every level are just like, what the right. heck is happening? <laughs> and then, yeah, and then I do remember reading the word and just yeah. it being like, whoa, you know, that different waves of things like that. I just remember sitting with you and praying with you, reading through the Bible, and you'd kind of go through like these ebbs and flows. And we were up probably for like five hours. I remember going to bed at like 5.30 yeah. or 6. It was like wow. all night. And I remember just being like so tired. So then I remember we put on International House of mm -hmm. Prayer, their prayer room. Thank God oh, that really? they go 24-7 because you can just whip on worship music anytime. Played that in the room. And I remember the next morning, I felt like I just had to really like share the gospel with you. That I remember just waking up being like, okay, I'm going to ask Kat how she's doing and different things. And really like, hey, Kat, I think you need to make some serious mm. changes in your life. And for real, Jesus can help you through this. And he's not angry. He's not mad. It's not, Yeah. And like come to him pretty much. Uh -huh. I don't know if you remember that combo at all. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then obviously that day actually escalates quite intensely where there's some massive disagreements. You end up leaving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're hurt. Mom's hurt. Me and dad are like, what the junk? And I remember at one point kind of midday going up to my room to pray. And I'd heard this from Heidi Baker where in the midst of hardship and when you don't see what's going on and all that God's doing, don't ask God, God, why is this happening? Or God, where, where are you? But rather ask God, what are you doing in this situation? Mm. And I remember that just like going up, praying on the brink of tears. I'm just like, God, what? I, I know you're working in this. I'm not accusing your character. I, I know you're here. Just help me. Show me what you're doing in this. And he's like, Ivan, I'm going to turn this around. I'm going to bring peace to your family. And I was like, well, all right. So that really helped me because obviously later, kind of as the hours go by, I'm kind of a mediator between you and mom and dad mm -hmm. and navigating like, hey, Kat, I think it'd just be really good. Like mom and dad really care for you. They love you. And we kind of talked through that. Like they're just navigating some of these things for the first time. We all are. Yeah, I think it'd be good for you to come home tonight and let's chat about it and let's work through it. And that's what happens. So you, I don't know what made you come home, but you did. And that's when we had a really great time with mom and dad, just asking forgiveness for each other and really committing to kind of journey through this together. Um, yeah. I, yeah, do you remember that combo and all that stuff? Kind of, like I remember a little bit talking with them and deciding that but I think in my heart of hearts I still wasn't ready to give my life to the Lord and like I felt like mom and dad no, didn't understand me and that mom was yeah. constantly like no cat that's not who you are like you're not gay and I was like shut up I was like just let me mm -hmm. be this you know like this is who I am it's my identity like I was holding so closely to it and I felt like they didn't understand that so as a family, we yeah. like that weekend tried to figure things out, but in my heart of hearts, I was like, screw you guys, like you don't get me. And so totally. I think after that weekend, you were home that whole summer? I left like two months later. Yeah, okay. In June. Yeah, okay, because I finished school after that back in Calgary. I was just home for that weekend for Easter. Then I went back to Calgary for a month and a half, didn't talk to mom and dad, did yeah. whatever the heck I wanted. 
and then came back to Lloyd for a couple months that summer. And you were gone by then? Yeah, probably June. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I just remember that summer was like, yeah, me, mom, and dad at home, and it was, I'd just sneak out of the house. I disobeyed them. I didn't listen to them. I was like being very sneaky, conniving, whatever. I remember that moment too, because I really thought that was your come to Jesus moment. In my brain, I thought, okay, Kat's going to give her life to the Lord Saturday. She's going to break all old life. This is it. <laughs> this is the rock bottom she needed to hit. So when that didn't happen, I was like, okay, well, God, yeah. Because you had said some stuff where it's like, the only reason you came out is because I was there. Mm. So that showed me the level of influence I have on you and the opportunity I had in, in your life. And yeah. that was humbling, but then as well, like really encouraging, like, well, okay. So yeah, I think from there, that really gave me hope where like, God, you're moving in Kat's life. I'm trusting that what's happened here, seeds are being planted and we're gonna see it shift and change. Yeah, absolutely, that's so cool. I think after a couple months of that, it's like I was trying to figure out things in my own life and I'd shared about mm -hmm. how I had a decision to make in the first episode, that's what I had shared. And during that time, like I said, everything I was doing in the world, so like doing drugs, getting drunk, all these like living out my homosexual lifestyle, it just felt really dark. And like, mm -hmm. especially after, you know, like I shared, like man, that mushroom night was wacky, dude. Like I've encountered the presence of the Lord and God's kindness and just that true authentic love, you know, that pure love that we were created for. And so when I would go to these other things to fill me, they left me so empty, you know, and it was just blatantly obvious that it wasn't what I needed. And so that was after a few months come August that I finally was like, well, I need to kind of change things a bit. And that's when you prayed and I got that dream. That was in August. I have, uh, have some journals about that, which is great. And so that kind of started me on a journey. I was like freshly single, trying to go to church, all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, yeah it seemed that. like you were making some like exterior shifts in your life. I remember you like changed your diet, you were yeah. running, you were yeah. working out more. So I was like, oh, okay, there's definitely something changing in cat. Yeah. And especially from that dream. It's so funny. I had, I, I told you, or I, yeah, I prayed about that dream that night. And then that morning when you told me, hey, I had a dream, I didn't even put two and two together. Really? <laughs> I was eh? like, it was later. I was like, oh, shoot. I had spent like 30 minutes praying for Kat to have a dream last night. <laughs> like, thank you, Jesus. Wow, so good. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a sheep and uh, <laughs> just need to be reminded well. of the Lord's faithfulness. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, definitely external and like, but also to practically applying myself in the best way possible, like reading the Bible, going to church, all that stuff. Um, but there was still no freedom and no power of God in like in it. So I just felt very trapped, you know, like, mm. yeah, really difficult. And so it wasn't until I visited you, that was eight months later. So from August yeah, till April, right? August till May. Yeah, I was like going May. to church, whatever, figuring all that stuff out, but still just didn't feel really free or anything. And then I visit you in Kansas City. <laughs> and yeah, that was wild. That was wacky. You were leading I was another. That you, came. you were leading another DTSA. Yeah, I was on like, dude, this six-week explore my soul, who am I adventure. Oh really? <laughs> I was in Lloyd for two weeks, and then I went to the mountains, and it was crazy in the mountains. Let me tell you. And then two days later, I'm in Kansas City, and it's so crazy, dude, because I was in the mountains that week, and then that weekend transitioning into going to Kansas City, I felt so heavy and so dark. I didn't want to be alone. I mm. felt darkness following me, dude. I was like afraid to be wow. by myself. It's broad daylight. I'm walking down the street in Calgary and I'm like, I don't want to be by myself right now. Like it was heavy, wow. man. And I was like, here I am going to Kansas City <laughs> to see all these Christians in two days. 
<laughs> and whatever. And I was like, okay, here we go. So yeah, we, I don't even know how that happened because then I was supposed to visit Christina, but you just suggested that I stay right at the base with you guys. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't remember the thought process of it all. I just remember being like, okay, cat's coming to KC. This is going to be dynamic in her <laughs> life. Yeah. And it just so worked out because that week's speaker was like this older gentleman who like totally has like the father heart of God. Seriously. And he just ministers. He, he teaches, but it's mostly ministry. And you sat in. And I think it was probably the last day or the day before that you really got encountered. Mm-hmm. That God, like, he pretty much read your mail in the sense of he was calling out things, not sin or shaming you, but who the season you're in and what God, God's heart towards you. Yeah. And I remember that really, really touching your heart. Yeah, absolutely. Even as I look at my journal, so after you guys had prophesied over me, that was Monday morning. So like, I think I got there Sunday. We went for a walk. We took that photo together at the park, me and Christina. That was amazing. I was just like, just whatever. You're so happy. And I'm like, and then we go and you prophesy over me. That was first thing Monday morning. But I remember journaling later that day and already being like, holy smokes, like, this is amazing. I'm here for this. This is incredible. Meanwhile, I hadn't journaled in a couple months, hadn't really been to church and was like, just wacky in my relationship with God, you know, like knew he was there, but just still being like, oh, but then in that moment, it was like an instant, like, whoa, something's here. This is happening. I love what I'm experiencing. I can't wait for the rest of this week, you know? Yeah. And like you said, that guy was just talking about God being our father. And I remember at the end of the week, he just gave me this huge hug and he's like, hey, like, you're never going to be the same from this. And I was like, you're right, man. Like, you just gave me the biggest <laughs> hug. I was like, I'm never going to be the same, dude. Like, <gasps> oy, oy, oy. I just got destroyed. And I did. I died to myself that week. <laughs> Became a new creation. I got born again. That was so radical. And yeah, just incredible. I remember Ivan also, one thing at the end of the week, um, we were worshiping, all of us, just I think as like a school, singing worship songs, Lord. And you were just like praising God. And in that moment, God revealed to me, just like, you know, God speaks through the spirit and it's hard to understand at times, but he does it. And God showed me in that moment how much you'd been praying for me over the years, like just relentlessly Mm. had been praying for me, like at, in your bedroom or whatever else and how you believe that God would encounter me, you know, and make me new. And so I remember just feeling the weight of that and just crying, dude, and just being like, holy smokes, like Ivan is like the reason, you know, there's so many other reasons why Mm. I'm here, but Ivan, you're like one of the core reasons of how I encountered the Lord and how you walked me back to faith. And so, yeah, that was so cool. Yeah, no, I, I, that week was powerful. You just, moments like that, you, you really want to, okay, Lord, how, how can we really make the most of this time? Yeah. And being intentional, taking yeah. steps of faith. And yeah, I think creating that space to go there after God, as well as talk about it after and yeah. Kind of process through, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that was really, yeah, I think that was, it was definitely that moment where you really encountered the heart of God and your response then, it was so clear just from then on shifted and changed. Yeah. And I think there's obviously there's a maturing process, right, for all of us, but your heart was set on knowing God. It wasn't resisting him anymore or doing your own thing. Oh, for sure. And we knew in that moment, I remember just crying in the office being like, bro, you need to pray for me because mm-hmm. I'm going back to my old life in Calgary. Yeah. I was like, I don't think I have what it takes. <laughs> I was just so scared, you know, and then you guys like prayed for me and committed me to the Lord and just trusted him. And for sure, I, I agree yeah. with you in that moment, it was the heart change. And over the next 
month and a half, whatever, there's like some crazy things that had to happen that I need to get rid of, all that stuff. But the intent was for me to, wow, I'm born again now and I'm gonna be in this for the rest of my life. You know, like I think I remember growing mm -hmm. up just being like, yeah, I believe in God one day. The next day I'm like, nope. <laughs> like, you know, you like come and go. But then it's like, whoa, I think that was so alarming to me when I first got saved in 2015 was like, this is my new eternity. This is forever. And there's no going mm. back. And this is what I was created for. Like without a shadow of yeah. a doubt in my heart, like, thank you, God. You know, the light has shone in the darkness and there's no turning around. And I just was like, woo, like that's incredible, you know? Yeah, it just goes to show the Lord's faithfulness in our lives, right? Like that had been probably around four years that God had really placed you in my heart to pray, right? Like 2011 wow. to 2015. That doesn't mean I prayed for you necessarily every day or there are seasons where, you know, it wasn't as fervent, but it was a consistent thing that God had done. Yeah. And he had placed in my heart. And I think that's just for our listeners, like, man, the power of prayer, that's where it starts. Yeah. And that's where it's going to end too. Like, it's Jesus who does it. And sometimes we play a praying role. I know mom prayed for you a ton. I know Christine yeah. and Roman, others prayed for you a ton. And yeah, I think that's just the, it goes to show God's faithfulness and his kindness towards us, even in the midst of our brokenness. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of that is as we continue to trust God in our lives personally, as well as for those around us, that it is, it's a journey, it's a process and, and he is working, even though we may be, we, we don't see it mm -hmm. or we don't sense it. It's pretty crazy. In about a year time frame, how much had happened in your life. Yeah. That's a, a lot of shift, a lot of change. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. And I know over the last few years, even while walking with the Lord, some very catalytic moments have also been me visiting you in Kansas City um, at the YWAM base there again for a couple of weeks over the last few years, which have just been so incredible. And so really just love all of our time spent together. You know, it's, it's amazing to do that. Yeah. Do you want to just touch like, I know, I remember back in the day, you had a prayer board in your bedroom that I would often see and you'd have people's names written down and you'd have Bible verses beside them. And so can you just share a little bit about that? I know you had written Isaiah 55 on the board for me. Um, mm -hmm. Shout out to my Easter video if you haven't seen on Shondaloons. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, it was just from that conviction of the power of prayer and the desire to see people come to know Jesus or those who follow Jesus to be, you know, encouraged and strengthened. I just had a board where I'd ask God, okay, Lord, here's my prayer list. Who do you want on it? And then I would take time and, Lord, what is a Bible verse that you, that I can just keep going to that what you're doing in their life mm -hmm. and what you want me to pray? And so for you, obviously, it was Isaiah 65, 55. specifically, 55, sorry, <laughs> um, where it talks about going and getting true food, right? Mm -hmm. Like why, if you're hungry, don't go for this stuff that doesn't satisfy, go to what does satisfy. Yeah. So that was my prayer for you. And so, you know, when I set my time aside to pray through this prayer list, that's what I would go to. And I'd pray and agree with that for your life and yeah. trust that God was working and changing. And yeah. Again, it's like steady faithfulness of prayer over time and that we see. I, there's so much that happens in prayer in those moments. So good. Hearing God's voice, hearing his heart for the individual gives you hope and faith yeah. perspective that he's yeah. moving, he's changing. He gives you also ideas of how to reach and love them. Yeah. Maybe even obedient steps to go and share with them. Like there's so much that happens in that place and... I didn't do it perfectly, obviously, over the years, and I'm still growing in this area yeah. of prayer intercession. That's a journey we're all on, but that's, for me, that's really where I was like, okay, God, I know it has to start here, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I, I know you're going you're gonna to work through it. 
in, in the midst of that. So that's how I did it with a whiteboard. It was something I like to have it visually where I can see it regularly. Yeah, so good. The second part in Isaiah 55 also talks about like, he's like praying, he's like, let the wicked man forsake his thoughts, you know, and his ways. And then he says, God's like, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. And I just thought that was so cool, you know, thinking about obviously in my sexual identity back in the day like that's how I felt and that was what I thought about and I thought about women and I wanted to be with them and blah 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 all that stuff you know but it was just cool how at the end of the day those thoughts aren't God's thoughts right his ways are so much higher and that was something that I needed to forsake you know that identity piece where I had to surrender that to the Lord which is so cool and I think over the next few episodes it's going to be cool to kind of tap in more to that because even though you walked me the initial walk to the Lord as far as my sexuality goes and stuff like that like there was no real navigating that with you just as my brother is like what the heck can I Mm -hmm. like shout out to Ivan for walking me back to the Lord but it's like you weren't there and you weren't the person that needed to be there to walk me through all this femininity stuff and sexual identity and everything else and so um, Mm -hmm. yeah I think Ivan that's amazing can you just quickly in a nutshell give like what's God's heart for family because I think family, like you said, it can be so touchy. Like there's pain and hurt and, and bitterness and anger, but there's love and forgiveness and all that that can come. And so can you just like share a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, God and who he is, when you look at the character and nature of God, is God is a father, right? We see that. And then there's the son and there's the Holy Spirit. So family is the very nature of who God is, mm. even with how the Trinity operates, it's a, it's family oriented. God, the father could have given himself any title he wanted. God, the, the boss, you know what I mean? So all that to say is because we come from God, there's this intrinsic and deep value for family, connectivity, Mm. trust, relationship. And we see that in the garden, right? Before the fall is that Adam had deep friendship and relationship with Jesus you know, the Father and the Holy Spirit. It wasn't Jesus at the time, obviously, but the Son of God, right? He wasn't Mm. called Jesus yet. And then we see sin, it breaks that trust. It breaks, even between Adam and Eve, right? They were naked and they were unashamed. That speaks of they were fully known and fully loved. They are unashamed of who they are. Sin comes in and the trust, the closeness, the vulnerability, the openness is then destroyed, right? But we see God's heart in that he reaches out to them again and he goes into Genesis 3, this whole redemptive plan of redeeming humans. So obviously God's heart is for family. It's for deep love, trust, vulnerability, enjoyment, a place of safety, a place where you can work through who you are becoming and these different things, right? And that's his desire. Now obviously sin is still very evident in all of our lives and in the world and that's a reality. That's something we need to navigate together in our families. Mm. And God desires for us to create a place of deep love that beyond what you do, even to me, that I'm still going to pursue, I'm still going to love you, I'm still going to reach out with compassion and forgiveness and kindness. And that sounds very noble, but it's obviously we know it's very hard. Yeah. And that's where our commitment to each other as family needs to go beyond just the words we say, the actions we do, but it, our love can't be performance-based. It has to be trust-based, where there's a mutual trust and pursuit of each other. Mm-hmm. And that's something that takes the love of God to do. It's only the love of God that can establish that in our hearts. And that starts with us, obviously, giving our lives to Jesus, trusting Him. And when we do that, we no longer live selfishly. Mm-hmm. We no longer live self-centered or what we desire, what we think is best. But we begin to look, God, what's best for you? What's best for others? And how can I build that in family? 
And uh, families are so important. It's the building blocks of society wow. that um, we desire to have, yeah, you know, you desire to have strong families in God because that's what establishes the, the society. And as there's godly families and families that they're not, doesn't mean they're perfect, but there's love and there's trust to work through problems and commit to each other and right. have those spaces and they can influence others in the midst of that. So, yeah, I mean, God is very, when you see his heart as a father, he is committed to the orphans, right? Yeah. That he is the shelter for the orphans. Why? Because he's a father. Fathers represent and should represent the character and nature of God, right? So we see here yeah. that, yeah, God is very, very passionate about family and for people to have that place. And yeah, the beauty of it is, is when you look at the gospel, we've been brought into God's family. That God has, right, when we surrender our lives to Jesus, when we give our lives to him, it's no longer us who live, but Christ who lives within us. We've been brought into the family of God. Jesus said that I no longer leave you as orphans, but I'm going to give to you a spirit of adoption. Part of that is understanding now I'm part of God's family. He loves me as a father. Yeah. And he's not the same as my earthly dad. As incredible as our earthly dads may have been, as terrible as they may have been, God the Father is the perfect father. He is the example. He is the standard of what it means to be a father. And we yeah. see that in Luke 15, that even when we've squandered all of yeah. our inheritance, we've blown it on reckless living, that when we come back to God, he runs to us as a father. He wraps his arms around us. He throws a party. Why? Because my son who was yeah. lost is now found. He who's dead is now alive. And, and we yeah. see that that's God's heart towards us is that he desires for us to draw close as that's what it's always been about. It's always been about closeness with God. And I think so often we disqualify ourselves so quickly yeah. thinking, oh, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. I can't come to God. He's never going to. That's, that's not who God is. And obviously he's not going to let us stay where we are. Right. But even that is for our good that we get to encounter him deeply. So yeah, when it comes to family and who God is and, and what he desires, it's, it's that place of safety, trust, love, vulnerability, enjoyment. Yeah, commitment to each other. That really produces a, uh, a trust and an openness in our hearts. Yeah, and just a willingness to grow together, right? Like you said, we're not perfect. We're just navigating through this together, and it's so amazing to do that. Well, Ivan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Honestly, this was great. You know, I said I was nervous. This was awesome. I was, wow. It was awesome. PTL, so good. Okay, I'm going to let you go now, bro. Going to have a little chat here, and then uh, we'll see you next time. I'm really excited for the next time you're going to come on here. Great. I don't know what yeah, it is. super pumped. I got some ideas, though. Yay. Okay, oh. bye-bye. Doodles. Hey, wow, okay, it's just me and you now. Ivan's gone. Uh, that was, man, that was so cool. Like I said, I'm so glad that Ivan came on the episode. I think I have a lot of thoughts as I process this, you know, reflecting on all that we just shared about. Uh, first of all, man, that mushroom night, that, that was real. Like, <laughs> I laugh about it now, praise God. You know, it's almost slightly embarrassing. I'll be honest as like, whoo, like that was me, dude. But here's... Here's the thing, that was so real that night. Like that was by far the lowest point of my life, I think, just scariest, lowest, most anxious, fearful night ever. Also mixed with the highest of highs, you know, and like crazy. I don't really know why, but yeah, on the drive home when Ivan and my mom picked me up, what did I do with the windows rolled down and I'm screaming out the window? I took a video, of course, <laughs> like, I don't even know why, but hey, let's just sample it just for fun so that you can see how intense this night was. Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for loving me.
Okay, yeah, that's uh, that's enough of that. <laughs> you know, though, man, I think that dream that my oldest brother Roman had was so cool. And just going off that fasting chain that they did, I really believe that weekend panned out the way that it did because my siblings and family had been praying and fasting for me. And once again, man, this is a dynamic relationship with the Lord that we're talking about. I'm not telling you about a church service. Man, I was messed up on drugs and God met me that night and I hadn't prayed and talked to him for years. You know this, I've said it before. This is a relationship though and God is that amazing and he's that kind. And as I once again reflect on this episode, you listening to this, you could be a Christian right now and you're getting so inspired like, wow, I want to pray for my family and my friends. Amen. Hey, I'm right there with you. Let's do it together. I hope this episode inspired you. I'm so excited, man. I am who I am today because of Ivan and my family and I appreciate them so much. But maybe you're in a different boat right now, you know? Maybe this sexuality stuff that you hear about and identity and gender and everything has you a little bit like on edge and you're like, ah man, like how could God, if he loves me so much, why is he taking away my sexuality from me? Why is he doing all this and all of that, you know? And you know what? I I can see where you're coming from, 100%. I remember after that Easter weekend, my whole family, they called me at different times and they told me their stance on, on homosexuality. Some of them were like, Kat, be whoever you want. We love you no matter what. We accept you, whether you know you want to pursue a homosexual lifestyle or you want to change or like whatever, you know, they're like, we love you so much. Other people in the family were like, we love you, Kat, but this is wrong. And I remember that weekend when I heard that stuff, kind of like I said to my mom, you know, it's like, you guys just don't get it. This is who I am. And I'll agree with you in thinking that, man, if God wants to take away my sexuality from me and this and that, that it's kind of frustrating and annoying and I just don't get it. The only reason I felt that way though is because it was outside of relationship with Him. And over these last few years, as I've been able to spend time with the Lord, as He's become my Father and Jesus has become my best friend, in the context of relationship, Oh, I want to give him everything. I want to give him my sexuality. I want to give him the drugs and the alcohol and everything else. And, you know, here I am five years into this now, and I'm not here because I have to be here. I'm here because I want to be here. You know, it's like, whoa, as I started spending more time with God, I'm like, dang God, I don't need to do drugs. I don't need alcohol because your presence is so fun. A relationship with you is what I was made for. And so those first few months there, as I was starting to trust the Lord and get to know him personally, not through church, not through all these extracurricular things, but just in my relationship with him, like I said in the first episode, at the park, in my room, all of these places that God's constantly with me. It was from there in the context of friendship that I said, wow, God, you are so loving. You're so kind. Your word is true and I can trust you. And that was really profound. And so, yeah, if that's you and you're still feeling like, oh man, I just don't know how I feel about this, man, don't let this stuff dissuade you from having a relationship with God because he loves you. He knows you. He created you the gender that he did for a reason. He did that. He knows everything about you. And as you come into a deeper relationship with him, you will understand his truth. And the Bible says that you will know his truth and the truth will set you free. Man, that's so good. 
Going back on this fasting stuff too, I remember that first summer when I gave my life to the Lord, I got off social media, like I said, for a few months. I also, the Lord gave me this idea to not look at the mirror for 21 days. Woo! And man, you know, I'm 21 at that age and obsessed with myself and the way I look, even though I was on like this androgynous thing, still really like, I don't know if I was trying to look like a girl or a guy at this point, but I was still really concerned about what I looked like. And I didn't look at the mirror for 21 days. And that was a profound experience because within the first hour of the first morning, I'm on my way to work at summer camp and there's so many reflections. And I think I tried to look at myself like, dude, 50 times within like literally like 15 minutes. I was like, holy, whoa, like I really care what I look like. And I really valued what, how the world saw me and, and how I was presenting myself. But as I stopped looking at the mirror for those 21 days, I had to really rely on God and what the Bible said and who God said about me. And it was during that time also in Proverbs, that's one of my favorite books in the Bible. Honestly, I read like a chapter of Proverbs every day. There's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. And so some days I don't even get to other chapters in the Bible. I just read my chapter of Proverbs and it keeps getting better and better like five years later. Oh my gosh, it's so good. But here's the thing, Proverbs says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so, like I've been shared in sharing the gospel, God spoke everything into existence. And so God's word is always true and we don't always feel like it's true. So what did I start doing during that time? I started this belief journal where every day I would fill out a page of beliefs and what I thought about myself. And at first it was like, I believe I'm beautiful. I believe I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And then it was like, I believe that someday I'll be set free from my sexuality struggle. And then over the next few months, I started to believe these things that like, whoa, I believe that I am set free from my sexuality struggle. You know, Romans 12 too, like I shared, God wants to renew our minds and change us. And like Ivan shared in Isaiah 55, that God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His thoughts are so much higher. And we live in a sinful and fallen world. So once again, in the context of friendship with God, because he was so kind to me, I was able to give him my thoughts because I knew that he loves me and that his ways are higher and they're better and he's so trustworthy. So hey, wherever you're at on your journey with this sexuality stuff, I just want you to know that God loves you so much. He is after you, he is kind and he is good and he understands you and you can share with him exactly right now with where you're at in your sexuality, you know, whether participating in this stuff, even whatever you're practicing in your own life, if it's sinful, man, God already sees it. You can share that with him and that's so amazing. Yeah, and like I shared, Ivan was the one who initially walked me back to the Lord, but over the last few years in me navigating through my sexuality and understanding that I'm a woman, you know, who's made in God's image and that it's amazing, that's been a whole nother journey that I've just had amazing women in my life who've come around me and just helped me out, including my sister and a couple other friends who are just so near and dear to me. And I'm really excited for the upcoming episodes because there's going to be a lot of layers in my story that are being unraveled while also we get to hear of my friends' amazing stories. And so I'm really excited for this upcoming little season of just godly things. You know, it's so funny. I always joke like, we're going to have an episode this week, this next week, but <laughs> man, who even knows? Lord willing though, this is a just godly thing season. <laughs> And you know, it's interesting too. I told the Lord, I said, God, I will be an open book for you, man. If it means that more people understand who you are and how incredible you are. And over these last five years, man, I haven't dated anyone. Now that you know a little bit more about my story, you understand that the sexuality stuff and 
man, straight up just touching people and being nasty and being sexual was following me from a very young age. And so over these last five years, I haven't done anything like that. I haven't even kissed anyone. Man, it's been so freeing. It's been the most exciting time of my life to understand who I am as a woman. And once again, not to overshare anything here, man, like masturbation was for sure a thing back in the day. I'm just gonna tell you straight up though, I haven't done that in literally five years. And this is so cool because it goes to show you that God's amazing, that we don't have to live you know, like a slave to our bodies, to our sexual desires, and that there is a whole nother way of living that you can live according to. You know, people talk about being in the world, but not of it. And so, yes, I'm in the world doing all these normal things, but I'm not of it, man. I'm not having sex out of marriage. I'm not doing these things. I'm not touching myself. I'm not doing that wacky stuff. And that's why Jesus died for us, you know, so that we can live free from that stuff and that there is a healthy way to live out your sexual identity, all that stuff. Man, I would love to have a relationship series on just godly things. Lord willing, we'll get into that and that's going to be amazing. Hey, follow the podcast on Instagram, Facebook if you want just godly things. You know, I'm trying to make it a vibe. I don't even know. But cool thing, you know, JGT got a facelift and going back on dream again, man, I had a dream during COVID-19 about a kite and I don't want to share all of it because it's pretty near and dear to my heart. But I was like, man, Lord, I want to put a kite in the Just Godly Things logo because you gave me a dream, God. And during that time, man, Just Godly Things was like birthed in that time. Praise God after a dream and a few other things during COVID. And so, hey, yeah, that's amazing. Man, you are God's workmanship. And we're gonna end it again on a little bit of a slower note here. Ivan wrote me two letters over the years when I wasn't really walking with the Lord. And yeah, we're just gonna get him to read it out loud and end the episode on this. This letter that he wrote to me was after that mushroom weekend when he was on his way back to America. And I just love how incredibly amazing it is. You know, I reflect on this letter now and I just, I cry when I read it, dude. I'm like, whoa. And so, Man, I think that's the other thing too, is like, people are like, yeah, why haven't you dated? Why haven't you, you know, done all that stuff over the last five years? I'm not against it, dude, but knowing my brother, man, Ivan has set the standard in my life for what kind of guy I want to marry straight up. And yeah, I think after spending time with my brother, seeing the way that he lives his life in integrity and holiness, I'm like, yo, that's it. That's what I'm going after. So Ivan, you're amazing. Let's hear this letter from you now. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming to this episode today, whoever you are listening, and we'll see you next time. Kit Kat, as I sit down to write this letter, I realize how much I'm going to miss you. Yet at the same time, I'm thankful that we've had these last few months to be together. And they have been crazy at times and perhaps confusing. But in hindsight of these months, through the craziness, my heart is full of love for you cat you're an amazing young woman filled with so much potential and the lord continues to show his favor and kindness over your life i'm so excited to see your life unfold when i was praying for you cat i was reminded of isaiah 55 1 through 3 6 and 7 john 10 10 john 10 10 says that jesus came to give life and life abundantly when we follow christ that is when we are truly living I pray that Jesus would show you this on a personal level and that you would live life to the fullest. I know you know this, but I wanted to remind you that no matter what, God is always there for you, Kat. He wants you to know his deep love. He wants to bring healing to your heart, and he will never leave you. I love you, Kat. And though I'm leaving, I'm just a text or a call away. I'm praying for you, and I will see you in August. Love you.
Ivan.